Welcome to Transparency with Diana B, a podcast from wealthmanagement.com focused on advisors' personal well-being and healing. In this podcast, we explore some of the deepest struggles and hardships that many advisors face and bring these issues out into the open so that others may find healing. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to overcome the stresses and anxieties as Diana draws from years of expertise and guest experts to manage the personal challenges of advisors. Hello and welcome to Transparency with Diana Britton. Today is the first podcast for Transparency. I'm so excited to be a part of it. Good morning, Diana. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for being here. Heck yeah. I am so excited to, to be a part of this and be able to listen and learn from you. Diana, I know that you wanted to start this off by kind of sharing what this podcast is about and who you are. Yeah. Um, welcome everyone to the first episode of Transparency with Diana B, a podcast by wealthmanagement.com. My name is Diana Britton. I'm the managing editor of wealthmanagement.com. Um, each episode focuses on a personal development issue facing financial advisors Guests join me to talk about their own experiences dealing with the struggle. And really, these are things that impact everyone, not just financial advisors. Um, my guest today is Andrew Camaro, the founder of Planning Across the Spectrum, a financial planning firm that specializes in special needs in individuals and their families. The firm has a specific focus on folks with autism spectrum disorder, a neurological and developmental disorder. Andrew's actually on the spectrum himself, so he knows the disorder firsthand. Andrew, welcome and thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. See, Andrew, you said you didn't get the autism diagnosis until later in life, but you and your family noticed that something was different about you. What did you and your family notice? Well, there were some obvious signs in addition to things that would have been obvious to anyone looking at my behavior through the angle of autism. Uh, I was, and I still am very interested in analytical tasks. I was fixated on certain objects when I was younger. My mother uh, recalled me staring at ceiling fans and very little interest in playing with other children. Uh, some more obvious signs were I didn't speak until I was closer to four years old. And then the running joke is once I did, I never shut up. Um, and I would talk to whoever listened to me about what was consuming my interest at the time. Um, some less obvious things were sensitivity to certain textures, sounds, food, and light. So, for example, the texture of trying to eat vegetables is unbearable to me. My parents assumed I was just a picky eater who did not like to eat his vegetables. So it wasn't so much that I disliked them. It was that I, I dry heaved, I choked. It, it was painful. Uh, and I just assumed this is not liking vegetables or certain textures, tags on my T-shirt, uncomfortable with clothes, uh, sensitivity you know, to light. I just thought that everyone experienced things like that. I thought everyone was uncomfortable, you know, getting their hair cut, right? Yeah. Uh, was it difficult not having that diagnosis growing up and how so? So one word to refer to people not with autism or similar is neurotypical versus neurodiverse. And I think um, if I was diagnosed earlier, I think the expectations would have been set a lot lower for me. So although I didn't necessarily 
have the time of my life you know, when I was younger and I struggled. I also don't think I would change it um, because I think I see this a lot even today that, you know, the future's, you know, dimmed or there's a lot more concern. You know, the fact that I struggled and that I was able to get through it, I, I think made me better. Um, so if that answers the question. Yeah. Um, and I know that you were on a lot of different medications growing up. Um, if they didn't think it was ASD, what did the doctors believe the issue was? So they weren't sure. At times I feel depressed, anxious, you know, you could, be, could and was, you know, looks like ADD, ADHD. And actually it was uh, a couple of years ago, um, I had some anxiety and just went to see a psychiatrist to you know, she asked about medications and I said, you know, I want to see you for all the medications that are approved to treat ASD. Uh, I was being uh, sarcastic because there currently are none, right? Um, it's the symptoms. So one thing is I never thought of myself as an anxious person uh, when in fact, I, you know, I'm always anxious, right? There's just different levels. But I also think that's what you know, drives me too. you know, always, you know, worrying about what's next, especially in our profession, right? Uh, good anxiety can be a good thing when it's controlled. So they thought I had pretty much anything except autism. And when you look at it through a lens, um, you know, you can fit certain criteria, but, you know, the medications didn't do anything because they weren't treating, you know, whatever was wrong. Yeah. Um, I know you had mentioned uh, to me that you had trouble in school. Can you elaborate on that? Did it, did that affect your grades, uh, your socialization? Well, I, I would like to think that almost anybody who goes through high school has trouble in some way, shape or form. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. So, and I, and I do mention that in, even in my work with parents. Um, however, you know, I definitely had some difficulties that others did not have. Very little interest in anything extracurricular. I was very good at what I was good at, very similar to now, science and math. And no matter how hard I studied or tried, I could not improve my writing skills. So even though I love to read, so, and my handwriting is atrocious, just about uh, not legible. And one of the reasons is my brain thinks faster than I, I can write. So with my hands, so typing, you know, as I got older, just becomes a lot better. And I, you can go back, read and think it. Um, I'm very straightforward and to the point. Um, I was not good at being nice to people. I did not want to be around. Um, and even now as an adult, uh, if a client asks what I charge, my answer is it depends on how much I like you. <laughs> and if they don't at least give a small chuckle to that response, you know, maybe we won't work that well together. Uh, they always do. And uh, oh, yes, of course, standard fee schedule, et cetera. But it's, um, it also is true. I like working. I like what I like doing and I'm not good at pretending if I'm not. So that was very hard in high school. You know, I know you you had some anxiety and anger as a teenager, and um, you, you tried to take your own life at one point. Would you take us back to that time? What brought you to that point, and 
you know, what brought you out of it? So what I would say is there was a lot going on, uh, family, other things going on. And it wasn't so much that I wanted to take my own life as so much as that I didn't want to be in the situation that I was. Mm -hmm. And it might sound a little strange, but just from a purely logical point of view, I said, okay, if I am stuck in this situation for the foreseeable future and I didn't see a way out, then I want it to end. Well, then this was a way for it to end. Um, I think what brought me out of uh, the harder places I was at was just um, really focusing on, again, not forcing myself to do things that made me uncomfortable to the point where, you know, hurt every day. I, I like to say that I'll, I'll try anything once, even if I don't like doing it. I think that's how we grow and learn. So even something that, you know, might not sound fun, I, I want to experience everything at least once. However, you know, with that, it was take a step back, take more time for myself. Even before I had a diagnosis, um, it was something that I did and that was helpful. I mean, I, I guess I wonder if you could elaborate a little bit. Was there something that you, you said you kind of wanted to keep, you didn't want to be in that situation anymore. Um, what was the situation that you were in how, or what was the struggle that you were feeling at that time that made you want to exit the situation? I would say it was a combination of just feeling very different, things not making sense, very confused. Um, their uh, parents were getting divorced, uh, brother was sick. And again, the frustration of, you know, knowing something was wrong slash different. And again, just really not understanding what it was and not seeing it, the possibility of it and getting better at that time. Yeah, I mean, I know several factors, you know, can influence the development of autism, and it's often accompanied by mental health challenges such as anxiety, depression, and attention issues. Um, I know, you know, once you got a job as a financial planner, you rose quickly and became successful at it. What do you think really helped you get to that place of being successful in this industry? Um, you know, I know a mentor, you had a mentor that took you under his wing, um, but uh, other things that have might have gotten you to that place? So I, I think one of the big things with that allowed me to do really well is it took things that I, I really liked doing. And I always had an interest in, in finance. I like to think it's because I'm Jewish uh, that I like money. Um, but in all seriousness, um, I loved, I like solving problems, uh, seeing patterns and what I loved is I sat down with people who wanted to talk about my favorite subject. And Diana, the first time that we spoke, I said, I, I do very well in communication where I'm asked, you know, more direct questions and I can give answers, right? Mm -hmm. That's my communication style. And I didn't re necessarily realize that until a few years in the profession. But looking back, people asked me questions about my favorite subject, something I love talking about all day long. And I get to help and provide them answers and solutions um, and solve problems, right? People come with, and here's the information, and I get to solve a problem to make things you know, better. 
Um, I was also reading a recent study, and I think it was out of the UK, but it was what um, consumers liked most about their financial planners. I don't know if you saw that study. And what struck me was the number one thing that they appreciated the most was honesty. Mm-hmm. And honesty can be uh, one of my best qualities and sometimes one of my you know, not as good qualities. I can be uh, honest to a fault, but I'm also very genuine, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I really think that you know, the client saw you know, my honesty, my genuineness, my passion for what I was doing and, and what I believed in. And um, I had somebody earlier this year who you know, was referred to me and left the meeting and, you know, they didn't think anyone could be as passionate about, you know, an insurance discussion as I was. Right. And so I, I think that's what really helped was I loved it. I, I couldn't get enough of it. I have, I think I have 14 designations currently. Like I, I can't learn enough. Yeah, clients really appreciate that um, quality, I'm sure. Well, I wanted to just take a few minutes to talk about ASD, uh, you know, because there are a lot of misconceptions out there. Um, This is how the Autism Society defines it. Autism spectrum disorder is a complex developmental disability. Signs typically appear during early childhood and affect a person's ability to communicate and interact with others. ASD is defined by a certain set of behaviors and is a spectrum condition that affects individuals differently and to varying degrees. Some of the behaviors associated with autism include delayed learning of language, difficulty making eye contact or holding a conversation, difficulty with executive functioning, which relates to reasoning and planning, narrow, intense interests, poor motor skills and sensory sensitivities. Again, um, a person on the spectrum might follow many of these behaviors or just a few and many others besides. The diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder is applied based on analysis of all behaviors and their severity. Um, Another misconception is that autism just affects kids. Statistics show that the rate of autism is rising, but that doesn't necessarily mean that more people have autism. It just means that more are getting a correct diagnosis. Um, I mean, I guess they're getting better at diagnosing it these days. And folks with low IQs and autism, they may get more services, but there's a large number of children becoming adults who have no good idea about how to get more benefits. Andrew, something that you said to me um, is that while there's an increased awareness of autism, there's almost too much awareness and a need for more acceptance and understanding. Um, Why do you say that? And I'm wondering, you know, if there's any other misconceptions about autism that we should know about. So I, I think almost at this point, everyone has heard the term autism, and many have very little idea what it means, even when um, I was first, you know, told or was thought that I, you know, might have autism, I had, you know, perceptions in my mind about what it would be. And I definitely did not think uh, that I, I did. And, you know, the more I looked into it, the more I I read, the more it made sense than actually really uh, complete sense. 
um, you know, definitely you don't grow out of it, right? You still have it, but you, as an adult, you're able to control your environment a lot more, you know, as, than as a kid. So for example, uh, me and my business partner never have to fight over the office with the window, right? I want to be in the office that's not with the window. Uh, I have some light sensitivity. So that doesn't affect my job day to day. I understand this about me and it's easy to recommend, but sometimes, you know, younger, you're put in more situations that I think are beyond your control and you also don't understand enough. So you are able to better cope or what's and understand yourself uh, more as an adult. So another uh, misconception is that everyone with autism um, might be either good at math or can't do eye contact or that, for example, that people with autism uh, think in pictures. However, I don't think in pictures. I have trouble picturing anything in my mind, actually. It's almost the opposite. So everyone is definitely uh, very different. The other big misconception is that if you can speak, you're intelligent. And if you uh, can't speak, right, then you're not intelligent. And because of communication, uh, technology innovation, there's a lot of individuals who are now able to, you know, communicate uh, computers, iPads, go to college, um, smart people who were previously maybe thought, you know, not to be so. So I just think that just like, you know, no two people are the same, no two people with autism are the same, no two financial plans are the same. So there's just almost so many uh, misconceptions. It's whatever you think you know is, is probably wrong until you meet a lot of different people with autism and you may know some and you may not know it or they may not even know it. Yeah, there's a learning curve there, right? Um, one, one thing that has helped you be successful was finding out what your interests were, how you think. Um, what else helped you get past the struggles and become an independent adult uh, with autism? And, you know, any advice for folks who may be autistic out there listening? So, and, and I really believe what I'm about to say, the advice is for everyone, not just those with autism, but especially. I was reading a book by Temple Grandin, uh, famous uh, autism community, and, you know, two-thirds of the way done. Although I saw some similarities, I, you know, there was a lot of things that, you know, didn't make sense and I, and I was still doubting it. One of the big things is she thinks in pictures, she sees pictures in her mind. And at first she wrote a book in early nineties about thinking in pictures. And she assumed that everyone with autism thought that way um, and not wrongfully so. And then she realized a little bit later that there's people who think in word fact thinkers, um, you know, writing, memorization, uh, things like that. And that's definitely not me either. So it was, how do I think? And I remember where I was and what I was doing when mentioned that there's people who think in patterns. And I realized, okay, that's me. And I just see patterns every day and solutions that other people might miss. 
And I think that's what I love so much is I get to see solutions to problems and patterns that other you know, people might miss and come up with solutions to help people. I love finance, uh, insurance, financial planning. So I think somebody needs to figure out two things. They need to figure out how they think, right? And then they need to figure out, you know, what they like doing and surround themselves with people who like the same subject, not necessarily surround people with autism, right? Because autism population is diverse as the general population. So surrounding myself with people who love finance, insurance, financial planning, want to talk about it as much as I do or close to it um, is really important. You know, I mean, one thing that we want to do with this podcast is, um, you know, show people that might be in similar situations how to deal with struggles and find healing. Um, I mean, do you have any advice for those folks who may be really struggling, you know, maybe in a dark place, don't know how to deal with uh, being different? Uh, you know, was there ever a time when you were really in a dark place and that you managed to come out of it? So this is a really tough and a really good question on multiple levels. Uh, I believe the way everyone handles these things varies. And there are circumstances that are sometimes beyond control of the person. Yeah. Right. And what really helped me out of dark places and just in general is accepting myself for who I was and surrounding myself by people who not just tolerated me, but who appreciated me for the way that I was. Uh, in mental health and in autism more specifically, uh, there's a term called masking, uh, which is essentially putting on a happy face and trying to blend in with the crowd. Many not diagnosed until later. And it seems to be, especially women mask more as well, um, whether they know it or not, This the consistent effort to try and be someone who you are not is taxing in a way I'm not sure I can put into words. So when I'm able to spend my time doing what I like doing, uh, working with clients, financial planning, I'm not masking. I'm my genuine self, like I talked about, my passion showed off. And, and outside my work, personal life, surround myself with people who, again, like me, appreciate me for who I am without the need to hide who I am. And to also understand that, hey, it's okay to either not have the lights on or to wear things that are maybe a little bit more comfortable. Um, and that is so relieving and relaxing. And I really think that that's the first step. Yeah, that is great advice. I mean, I think uh, that's great for anyone, um, not even just people with autism, but a lot of people try to be someone that they're not. Um, so I think that's great. Um, Andrew, thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, opening up with us here. Um, if you have a struggle and wish to share your experiences and help others in similar situations, please feel free to reach out to me at transparencywithdianab at gmail.com. And again, Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you. Diana and Andrew, this was extremely fascinating. Andrew, thank you so much for being so open to share a lot of what you did. Uh, I think there's a ton of people 
that need to hear that. And uh, it was encouraging to me, and I, I just appreciate it. So thank you again. Thank you. All right, and thank you all for listening to the Transparency Podcast with Diana Britton. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, which I know you haven't because this is the very first one, please click the Subscribe Now button below. This way, when Diana comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at WealthManagement.com, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Transparency with Diana B podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of wealthmanagement.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice. Always seek the advice of your healthcare provider with any questions you have regarding your particular situation.